Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. Well, it's such a joy to be with you and to share God's word this morning. Uh, I'm going to be reminding us of some words that the Lord has given to us. He gave us a word for the year and a word about showing up well in our culture, in the midst of our culture. So we're going to visit these, revisit these two significant words that God has given to us. But before I share those, would you join me in a spirit of prayer? And let's pray together. Or we're reminded of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1, verse 5, where Paul and his team said that they came not just with words, but they came, God, and you backed up their words with the power of God, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, and with the pinpoint accuracy of Jesus. Lord, we pray that this morning... We pray as we spend time in your word, just as we spent time in worship and worship through giving, as we've given our attention to you in community, Lord, we believe that you're here to move and to speak and to accomplish your will. And so, Lord, I ask you, I ask you for demonstrations of your spirit's power that will break off of us anything that's not of your kingdom and will accomplish in us what glorifies you. Lord, we pray that we would be more aware of the reality and the presence of your Holy Spirit that's here with us right now. And we pray, oh God, open up our ears, open up our hearts, open up our lives to receive the words of our shepherd Jesus Lord, we're amazed at what you can do in times like this. To, Like Cheryl said, you have the right word at the right time for us in the right way. And so, Lord, we ask you to speak, and we look for you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we declared that this year, in 2022, the Lord was giving us a phrase, holy desire. With the Holy Spirit helping us, we wanted to be a people who express and who experience a holy desire for the Lord. In Psalm 27, 4, David says, I desire one thing, one thing I I desire. And we want to be a people like that, who have a a clear vision of, of what God wants to do for us. We declare, according to Psalm 84, 2, that our hearts and our flesh cry out for the living God. You see, again, God has created us to be a people of one thing, a people who have a singular focus on him and a passion. And he's created us to be a people who even in these physical bodies, we experience the longing, the desire, the yearning to know our living God in new and fresh ways. And then the word came from uh, Matthew chapter three. If you wanna turn there, we're gonna look at that in a minute. In Matthew chapter three, verse 11, we're a people who cry out, baptize us, Lord, with your fire, your holy desire, Lord Jesus. So that's been our prayer this year, and I wanna remind you of that as we near the end of the year, because we can actually hear a word 
and then it just like sits fallow on our hearts or it hits our, our brains or our ears and like bounces off. And I want this word to go deeply into our lives. I want the word of God to have its way and accomplish the will of God richly in and through our lives today. Again, holy desire, baptize us with fire, is the word that the Lord gave us. Augustine testified that the entire life of a good Christian is nothing more than holy desire. Now, for some of us, we think about the goal of the Christian life is to obey, the goal of the Christian life is to get equipped, the goal of the Christian life is to do, and all these other things, but the reality is God wants a people on fire with love for him, amen? Love the Lord your God, that's the great commandment. Well, I'll just do that just with my mind. No, with my mind, my soul, with my whole being, amen? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So even my body, how do you embody that? Well, we wanna be a people who are on fire, who are contagious with holy desire that comes from the Lord Jesus, according to Matthew chapter three, verse 11. One of the primary focuses of holy desire is to create intimacy with God. This one desire, the desire for intimacy with God, actually gives birth to every other thing that we need, every other desire. And so intimacy with God is, is what God has created us for, this one thing, and out of that then flows everything else that is life-giving for us. And again, as a people, especially in Western culture, we're doers, we make things happen, we have, we have lists and we have responsibilities and relationships for which we want to attend, and there are demands on our lives all the time. But I want you to know, intimacy with God, a holy desire that, that sets your face like a guided missile to the heart of God, that's what God longs for all of us to have. And it is so easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's so easy, we like start well, but we don't end up so well. Galatians even talks about that, right? He says, hey, you guys who began in the spirit, who bewitched you, or, or, or who cast a spell on you, or who distracted you? So this is a problem, leaving our first love, Revelation uh, chapter two, God, Jesus was speaking to the church at Ephesus and he listed all these amazing things, amazing doctrine, amazing values that they had. He said, but I have this one thing against you, you left your first love. And so as, as, as frail humans, as, as, as people that are in these bodies, in this broken world, we've got to recalibrate, we've got to reconnect, we've got to get rekindled. Just put any R-E word there, okay? And say, man, I want to get re-fired. I'm actually praying that for us this morning as we spend time in God's word. So we're praying, baptize us with your holy fire, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. 
But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think that you can say to yourselves, Well, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already raised, is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We think that's a really hard, harsh word, by the way, against the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people of the day, but actually they were simply coming out to observe. They weren't coming out to participate. They, they weren't coming out to repent and to believe and to be baptized, right? So, I mean, it's like sitting in a service on Sunday morning. I'm here as a passive observer. Well, I mean, that's better than nothing, right? But I hope that you're here with expectation. I hope that you're here saying, you know, Lord, I wanna meet with you. I hope we're not just a passive observant, or in their case, someone who actually stands up and says, you know, I don't think I want what God has for me today. That's actually their attitude. They were going out there to test what God was doing. They were out there to well, actually test what John the Baptist was doing. They didn't think he was of the Lord. So they were out there to, uh, you know, to pull out the litmus test and to see what's going on and how can we attack this or disagree with this. And uh, you know, we've talked about listening skills here at Calvary. Listen to what I'm about to say. It's really easy when you come into any setting to listen for what you agree with or what's right or wrong in your eyes, right? But what if, what if today you say, I'm gonna listen differently, I'm gonna try on what it is that's being shared. And so, if you can't remember anything, my notes are online so you could read it all, or you can remember this phrase, Lord, baptize me with holy fire today. Lord, would you pour out the fiery love of Jesus into my heart? If, if you don't hear another word I say for the rest of the sermon, you're gonna miss a great sermon, but the main thing is, I, I, I don't care what you remember if that's what you take from the message today. Because I want us to be a people who don't just hear good things, who have our ears tickled, or we get to hear what we agree with. We're, we're not here just to simply agree. We're here to be followers of this Jesus. Amen? So holy desire, baptize us with your fire. And uh, then he says, I baptize you with water, signifying repentance. And so that, that water baptism was about was about saying yes to God, saying no to my way, I wanna change. And so services like this are an opportunity to experience the grace of the Lord to change with his help and with his work. And again, before God does any move throughout history, he sends his messengers to prepare his people. And in this time period, he was trying to wake up his people and to bring revival. And the truth is, I've heard Doug Stringer say this a number of times. I believe that God is going to bring revival to our culture. I believe he's gonna bring revival starting first with the church. That's the good news. The bad news, it comes usually one of two ways, through passion or through persecution. 
We're either going to voluntarily bow, hunger, desire, seek, or circumstances are going to drive us there. Now, we've seen some events happen in our culture through the decades, and I remember thinking, man, if that doesn't get our attention, what will? And you know what? For a little bit, it gets our attention. And what scares me is that for our culture, it's going to take something cataclysmic. But that's why I'm involved in corporate prayer. That's why I'm involved in the partnering with Jesus on his mission. I would rather go there voluntarily than be driven there to my knees through something negative. How about you? And so let's be a people who say, oh, by the way, Lord, we're not pointing the finger and saying, that person really needs revival. Lord, would you start with me? Would you make me a person on fire? Would you allow that I would carry a contagion, a virus that would infect others with love for you? How about that? What if, what if we did that as a, a, as a corporate body and others are praying the same thing? The Holy Spirit's been stirring this up in other places. So John the Baptist declared what people for years had longed for, an immersive, abiding, and abounding presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Even Moses says in Numbers eleven twenty nine, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all God's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. In Joel chapter two, verse 28 and 29, God promised a day when he had poured out his spirit on all flesh, not just on an individual here or there or a few like happened in the Old Testament. And so John the Baptist is the one who says, I know one who's gonna fulfill this desire, this longing, this incredible need that we have as God's people. It's going to be this one, Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a game changer for us who are followers of Jesus. And now there would be a people, not just a few or one or two who are here or there, who would move in the anointing, in the empowerment, in the revelation, and in the authority of the Spirit of God living within them. And not only, so, so the scripture says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, one's coming who's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So that in itself is amazing. That in itself is what we've been longing for and yearning for. But he says, and with fire. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. What kind of fire? The fiery passion of the Lord Jesus himself. Not only would Jesus baptize us with his Holy Spirit, but he wants to baptize us or submerge us or engulf us with his, his fire. And again, when you think of that word, think about fiery passion. Now, fire can have a different kind of impact depending on what it's being used for. For instance, fire can heat your home or it can destroy and burn it down. Fire can purify and purge or it can consume and it can destroy. And so I want you to know we need both the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we need the fiery passion of the Lord Jesus. And John's word to us is God has met what we need in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're a people who cry out, Lord Jesus, baptize us afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit and 
with fire, fiery passion, your desire, Lord Jesus. Jesus, when, when you think about Jesus, I don't know what comes to your mind, but one of the things that comes to my mind when I think about Jesus is he was a man on fire. Jesus was known as a, a person. It actually says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 14, we get this revelation of Jesus, and his eyes are like blazing fire. Now, most people think about that. That means the fire of judgment. I don't think that's what it's talking about. It actually means the fiery love for his bride. He, that's the kind of love. It's not, it's not a grim, I'm going to burn a hole in you look, and we've had friends give us that look, right? That's not the look. The look is just this, I love you so intensely that it's, it's actually, it just pierces you in a good way, amen? And, and his eyes burn with fiery, and if you wanna know about the kind of fire that he has, Song of Songs is, is a descriptor of the kind of passion that the bridegroom has for his bride. That, that's, and it's really intense. Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 49, I've not, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus came to set the earth on fire, not with the fire of judgment, but with the fiery revelation of the kingdom of God. There's a king, there's a kingdom, and it is bigger. It supersedes everything that we're aware of. And the revelation of the kingdom, when it comes, yeah, it's gonna have some results. It's gonna divide families, communities, people, because it also comes with a, a decision, right? Repent and believe. You've gotta to respond to this kingdom. So in that sense, the fire can separate but he came not to destroy, but to release the fiery reality of the kingdom of God that can transform individual lives and even neighborhoods, communities, and nations. Our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12, 29. It's actually quoting Deuteronomy 4, 24, where he's a jealous God. Again, talking about fire, talking about jealousy in the terms of passionate. Um, God is love, and I want you to know it's not... Like, like somebody, when, some people when they talk about the love of God, it's, it's like they portray it as kind of syrupy, as kind of, oh, I love you. And I, I'm sure he says that to us with that gentle voice. But I want you to know when the king of glory speaks to us and tells us his love, he's actually white hot with fiery passion for you. I mean, he's not indifferent when he says, I love you. Have you ever had anybody tell you that they love you out of duty? Have you ever experienced that? You know, you tell a grandkid or you tell someone, hey, go tell your, your grandparent you love them or, you know, our children, hey, tell that person you're sorry and that you love them, you know, and they, they even do it less than half-hearted, right? I, I know you've never done that, but, but Jesus is not like this. This king of glory is, is fiery, passionate for you and for me, and for this world. And not out of anger, but he just, he's so full of the life that we sang about, he wants that to penetrate us and to actually change and, and rewrite what's on our heart that we would know how much he loves us. Jesus is God, God is love, and so Jesus actually embodies God's zealous love for you to this world and to you. Zeal for his father's house consumes him, John 2, 17, Psalm 69, 9, and, and Hebrews 12, 29. 
again, sometimes when we think about Jesus, we, we get these pictures of him, but I want you to know he's zealous. He's a passionate, fiery, zealous person. And there are times when he's quiet. He often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And there, there are times when he's just listening to the disciples on the road. But I want you to know he was moved by the heart of his father. He was filled with the heart of his father. He is God. God is love. And so he wants to demonstrate the love of God to you and to me. And he's fiery in that love for us too. And then listen to Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline. So be zealous, therefore, and repent. So Jesus is zealous. Jesus is fiery. And he invites you to be zealous also. And you go, yeah, but I'm an introvert. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be zealous. Well, do whatever an introvert does to be zealous, okay? Like, like if you're zealous for your time alone, you know, if you really get stirred up and you're so excited, work is about to end because you get to be in the car with yourself for an hour and a half and no one's gonna bother you, then let that stir up in you. There's gotta be something in all of us that we get excited about. Now, by the way, a correctional thing, I think today we are fiery hot for a lot of things. And we talk about a lot of things and we're very energized. I can push your button and get you talking about something, can't I? If, if, you, know, if, if you ask good questions and if you listen well, I can find out what floats your boat and what's giving you energy, right? I hope that when you get poked, when you get provoked, I hope a part of what comes out of you is this love and fire and zeal for this man, Christ Jesus, and his kingdom. The fact that they can say all the negative things they want to, and you know the one who's going to right the ship. You know the one who has not turned us over to ourselves or to the enemy or to all the people who say they're in control. I hope you have fire and you can tell people with all honesty, you know, I don't care what you've done. God loves you and he can change you. He did that for me and is doing that for me. And I want you to know this one. I, I hope. So it's okay if you're excited about whatever your passion is. For, for instance, Joshua is excited about this fall weather that we've had for a week. I mean, it just excites him because we've broken the 100 degree mark, right? And, and, and you know, people, what, what do you get passionate about? You know, the change of the weather, the, the, the fall somewhere else where, you know, trees change and leaves fall. What, what do you get passionate about? You get passionate about your family? You get passionate about food? You get passionate about sports? You get passionate about a video game. You get passionate about the newest technology. Listen, those things are okay. I don't, I don't want to dismiss them. But I want to come back and say, I hope that when we leave here today, there's a new fire in our hearts. And we're more earnest, more zealous for what God wants. And he really wants a people on fire. Now again, we can all think of bad examples of that, right? 
you know, like I was in line the other day, uh, I don't even know where it was, and, and this guy's shirt said, turn or burn. And you know, that just wasn't the message that, that fuels my fire, right? I just thought, there's a better way to show up than that, for me. Now for him, that's, that's what he wants to be known as. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if we were known as lovers of God? As people, then we started talking, people said, okay, I got to go. That's enough Jesus talk, you know. And I mean in a good way, you know. Zealous. I, I just love that phrase. Be zealous and repent, which, by the way, change the way you think, right? Change the way you act. And God's always asking us to do that, right? If we think we've arrived in the Christian life, then we're deceived, there's always new areas to grow and change and to learn and to practice. And God's always, you know, that song Oceans. I love the song Oceans by Hillsong. It talks about, you know, we've been, we've been put out in the sea where our feet may fail, but where our faith may stand. I hope you're in so far over your head that you're drowning. That's where the best life is lived, amen? Now, some of you say, I've already done that, Jeff. And I needed a break. Okay, that's okay. Take a break. But get back in the ocean. The ocean of what? The ocean of God's love. The ocean of what God's doing today. And then he says in John 17, 26, oh, by the way, if we're lukewarm, if we're indifferent, if we're apathetic, if we're just going through the motions, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, repent and change. You know, a lot of believers today, this would describe them. Maybe me, maybe you. We're lukewarm, we're apathetic, we're indifferent, we're going through the motions. Can I just say to you, I, I mean, it's better to be going through the motions in the right direction, but wouldn't it be better to be white hot on fire? So Lord, help us. Yeah, Lord, would you just help us right now? Lord, I don't want to live an apathetic or indifferent life. Lord, I don't. I don't believe you've called us to a boring life. Lord, we want to be a people who are zealously on fire for you. And, Lord, again, we don't want to make this stuff up or be something that we're not. But, Lord, I do want to be different, and I do want to carry a fiery love for you that is contagious, affectious, infectious. Jesus says in John 17, 26, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So Jesus prays to the Father and say, hey, Father, would you put the same kind of love in them that you have for me? And so years ago, Mike Bickle taught us to pray that way. Father, would you help me to love Jesus the way that you love him? Now again, do you think that the Father is indifferent or apathetic or just going through the motions when he's talking about his son? The scripture says it's not that way, amen? He, he, he radiates, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He puts his hand, the psalm says, on that man at his right hand and says, I have given him authority over everything. Oh, I pray that we would be a people who experience the fiery love that the Father has for his Son and will live out of that. So may we pray and may we ask God 
for what Jesus is praying for us, that the Father will put in us the same kind of love that he has for Jesus, puts that in each one of us. And if you don't know what to pray, just make it really easy. Oh, oh, oh Lord, would you baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fresh fire? Okay, if you can't remember all those other verses, just pray that one. So one way that we experience holy desire is to ask Jesus to baptize us with his fiery, passionate love. Another way to fuel holy desire is by getting close to the fire, okay? Getting close to the fire. Now, um, we have the privilege of having grandkids now, and you know as parents and grandparents, you're always watching. You don't want your kids touching the hot stove. You don't want your kids, you know, there's certain things, you know, I'll never forget, I was a little boy, and um, we came up to this convenience store, and this guy pulled up in a motorcycle, and it was one of the big motorcycles, and I, I, was, I was little, and my brother was little, and so I, you know, big, I don't know what big was, but it had these exhaust pipes, the really big chrome ones and silver. And so as we're going into the store, my brother, it was like fixation on this beautiful, shiny thing, and he reached out and touched it. And so you heard the sizzle as people going, that's what happened to my brother's hand. Now, we don't want that kind of fire, right? That, I'm, so when I say get close to the fire, what am I talking about? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Actually, there are spiritual practices that will get us next to, that will get us closer, that will position us with the Lord. And if you get close enough to the fire or if you touch it, It'll actually get on you. You'll experience it. And we're talking about the good kind of fire, holy desire for the Lord. And so one of the most important things we can do is get close to God. He is the source of this fire. There's so many things to distract us and dissuade us from getting close and staying close to Jesus. That's just reality. And so we've got to fight through that on a daily basis. But the spiritual practices, if done intentionally, regularly, and relationally, will actually help us to do that. It's a gift for us. And so, and then number two, trust that Jesus will help you to burn brighter. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. Trust that Jesus will help you to burn brighter. Here's my servant, the scripture says, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. By the way, this is speaking about Messiah. It's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he'll bring forth justice. He'll not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Look back at verse 3. A bruised reed he will not break, or a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Jesus knows how to blow on the embers of your heart to rekindle passionate love for God. Isn't that good news? The Lord knows how to do that. And so let's ask him. Again, when you see a, a bruised reed or a twig that's broken off, you know, most of us will just go ahead and break it off and tear it off. But Jesus, that, that gets his attention and he, and he nurtures it. Or a, a smoldering wick, there's just a little bit of fire there. And Jesus knows how to blow on the embers. So maybe your heart's passion is at an ember right now. 
And I want you to visualize this as you pray. Say, Lord Jesus, would you blow on the embers of my heart and would you cause my passion to come forth into a flame? Like you would trying to stoke a fire or trying to cause something. You, you, need, you need the fire to go, so you're going to blow. You're going to nurture it. You're going to tend to it. So get close to God, the source of fire. Trust Jesus to make you burn brighter. And then stay close to people who are on fire for God and who challenge you and inspire you to pursue God passionately. Actually, passion is contagious, isn't it? When you hear about somebody talking about the, their latest diet or their, their, their new solution that they found that will actually uh, change their life, it, you get caught up in the story. You know, we hear the stories and we get caught up in their passion. People who are on, on fire for God actually inspire us. Passionate followers of Jesus catch other people on fire. Passion for God is fueled, and I want to be clear, by personal and by corporate prayer. Listen, your fire will go out unless you pray, again, intentionally, regularly, and relationally. Prayer is, is a gift to us. It's one of the ways. It's not the only spiritual practice. But I want you to know one of the ways that I keep my fire stoked is I spend time in about four or five corporate prayer meetings a week. Now, you might not can do that, but I want you to know in your journey group, when y'all take the time to pray, your small group, or maybe at work or wherever, I pray you'll get around people that when they pray, they inspire you. They, when you listen to them talk to the Lord and ask him, your heart just wells up with agreement, and you get around people who know how to pray. I just... I just want to get next to people that are on fire for God, and I want that to, to catch me on fire. Listen to what the Lord says in Ephesians chapter 3 through Paul. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father, Paul said, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I tell you what, if you spent time with Paul, you caught something, right? I mean, he was praying. He was praying for the Ephesians and for the people around him that they would have an empower encounter with the Holy Spirit where there would be more room carved out in their hearts for Christ to dwell there. And he was saying together, Together, I want you to experience this extravagant, this amazing, this boundless love of God. I want you to do that, and you actually, hear me, cannot grasp that alone. Now, in our culture, as we move more and more to an independent Christianity, you'll hear people talking about you can be a follower of Jesus and not be in a true community. I want you to know 
you need to get in the presence like we did this morning of connecting with God. Find a place where you can connect with God in worship. And it can be two or three or four or five, or it can be thousands. But find a place where people are experiencing God together. Amen? We're not just singing about God. We're singing to God. And God, who inhabits his praise, actually moves and works there. And so this thing of community, this thing of doing it together, I, I know we're really programmed to do it alone, and I want you to have a private life in God. You need a private life in God where you can strengthen yourself in the Lord, where you can get next to the fire of God, where you can get next to the, to the help and the hope of Jesus. But I also want you to know you need other people because as isolated individuals, we are targets for breaking down, blowing up, or for the enemy to cut us off from the purposes of the Lord. And so especially in our culture today, that's swimming upstream, right? So you're here, and may that be a testimony of, of this is a grace of God on my life, and I'm recognizing that I need people around me. I need to do this together with others. That's significant. And thank you guys for joining us online too. You're recognizing I need to be someplace I need to plug in because I need to get close to people who are on fire, who challenge me and inspire me, who call us to a different level. So I hope you hear me calling you today out of apathy, out of indifference, out of coasting. Actually, I'm actually inviting us to get white hot in a pursuit of God where he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fresh fire. Oh, I've got a second word that I want to share with us, but you cannot bear it today. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to share this word next week. So holy desire. Would you join me in standing right now? We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.